Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mornings are hard. Your sports radio show doesn't have to be. I'm so happy you guys are still alive. I am excited. I am so happy. Laugh and learn every morning aboard the mothership. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Be a good day with DA. Hey, Doc. I do love the Doc. Happy being alive day. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. Yeah. A good Monday morning once again, North America. Andrew Bogish in for DA on this Monday all week long. In fact, DA through Thursday is hosting the Jim Rome Show here on CBS Sports Radio and CBS Sports Network. You can watch us right now. Watch DA YouTube. And Twitch, of course. Hour number one began with the U.S. women's soccer team crashing out of the World Cup yesterday. Where they go from here. The World Cup continues, of course, without them. Boyle's already told you about England surviving Nigeria in PKs. And now Australia just took a 1-0 lead on Denmark in their round of 16 match. Still to come this morning, Jordan Love taking some heat as Packer training camp continues. Had a story from Friday that we didn't get to that Boyle liked, and Boyle's here today, so it goes back in today's rundown. We'll see if we get there. Uh, LSU making a quick concession to betters with how they'll handle injuries for this coming football season. We've got the Angels later this hour, still without a win since the trade deadline, adding all those pieces after not trading Shohei Otani. Things not going well for the Halos at the moment. And shortly this hour, we'll check in on Carson Wentz, who still wants to play football, is practicing on his own without a job, and posted a picture yesterday that for a short period of time sent social media ablaze and triggered all sorts of deserved Carson Wentz jokes. Today's poll question, by the way, is now up at CBS Sports Radio, coming off the Jody Mack clip and sound check where he rapid-fire mispronounced the Packer GM's last name, I don't know, five times in seven seconds. This is unofficial. This, of of course, needs DA's final approval. But we are asking you this morning, what should Brian Gutekinst's nickname be? The original Gunty, my man. My suggestion, plain old BG, for his initials, obviously. And then choice number three... Ryan Botcher. I, I didn't make that. You didn't. Pete did. Thinks it's hilarious. We'll give it to Pete 
see if, if America responds. I think it's hilarious. I think uh, that's my nickname for him. That's fine. <laughs> and I would like it to be official. If DA signs off on this. If I have to reference Packers GM Ryan Botcher in updates for the rest of the football season, sign me up. Ryan Gutenkunst. Let's begin, though, with expansion. I said this at the top of the show. When we were here Friday, somewhere in the last hour, The Athletic reported, and other outlets, that there was a Pac-12 meeting coming shortly and that talk of Oregon and Washington moving to the Big Ten had cooled off a little bit. There was renewed optimism about the Pac-12 surviving and maybe only losing Colorado this time around. That was, you know, 9.15, 9.30-ish Eastern time on Friday morning. By the time we got to dinner, my time on Friday in the East, everybody had left the Pac-12. Oregon and Washington were going to the Big Ten, and Arizona and Arizona State and Utah said, yeah, we should probably go as well. And away they all went, which leaves now just four teams in the Pac-12. And I guess originally there were four teams in the Pac-4 when Jody helped found it back in 18-whatever in Portland, Oregon. And now we're (laughs) down to four again. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. And where they go is a significant question. And one of the, and there's a lot, there are a lot of losers in this. Rivalries are broken, change may not be renewed, may feel different moving forward. An entire conference may soon be gone. But, you know, I can't, not think about the non-football and basketball players in all of these conferences, at all of these schools, who, yes, they're going to benefit from all of this TV money coming in. But the benefit they're not going to get from that money is time travel, is chartered planes, that when Oregon baseball has to go to Piscataway, New Jersey, they're going to fly from Eugene to Denver to Newark and then bus from Newark to Piscataway. The volleyball teams, soccer teams, track and field, swimming and diving. I, I just, I can't get past that. It's not new news. It's not going to change. I wish it could, but I can't get past those kids. And the, the again, the inconsistency and the hypocrisy of talking about student athletes. And I'll remind you, the NCAA requires you to call them student-athletes. When you're at a press conference or you're writing about them, you'll hear about it if you don't say student-athletes. Our old friend, John Feinstein, because um, this is the kind of guy he is, made sure to never call them student-athletes so that people would yell at him and whatever. Yeah, good for him. So while they make you do those stupid things like that, they also make basketball games during March Madness come on Sunday night where these kids will never get back to campus if they have a class on Monday, and they know that, and they don't care. And now they just keep allowing and signing up for all of these smaller schools, the non-revenue-creating sports, to just travel and travel and travel and spend more time on planes, in airports, on buses. However, not in class because they've got it because their conference foe is now literally across the country. Not a time zone, not two, now everybody. From Oregon to New Jersey. I mean, the, the, the Big Ten now is basically, you can just go in there and find a different open to this show every day. Just pick two cities and you're covering, you're crisscrossing America to explain that we're heard nationwide and north of the border because of the way they have set things up here. It just sucks. It's unfair. It's hypocritical. 
And it's why this has to change. And I have no hope that this will, and I understand why it's nearly impossible. But at some point, college football just needs to be its own thing. And if you need to rope in men's and women's basketball too, I get it. Right now, every TV contract includes everybody. It's about football and sometimes a little bit about basketball, but it's it also includes all of those Olympic sports, but it's not about them, but they're all intertwined in those deals. So this can't necessarily be easily unpacked, but if everybody's on board and no one's fighting it, it can be relatively easily unpacked because this just doesn't work. It shouldn't work like this. The Pac-12 would be will be different for forever, no matter what. If Oregon and Washington and Arizona and Arizona, they're playing football elsewhere, we can't fix that. But at least let everybody else still live in the Pac-12 or the Pac whatever, and keep those rivalries, and shorten travel time. Go back to bus rides, not plane trips. Go back to being off campus for the minimum amount of time, not the maximum, because you're going all over the place to play your games. And since football is driving all of this, from TV execs to school presidents to ADs, just make it its own thing. We're, ba- we're almost there now. Why not just go all in and get it all over with? Figure out who goes where. I know Chip Kelly over the weekend threw this out there, half joking, half not. But if the goal is to have basically an NFL structure on the college football front, conferences and divisions, let's just get there. Pick whatever you whatever you want, 48, 64 teams, whatever the math makes sense, however you want to line them up. You want to have eight groups of eight, whatever it is. Figure out a way to save some names. I don't know, if you need to have the Big Ten and the SEC. But let's, let's just make football exist on its own. Then it can have its own rules about transfers, NIL, this and that, and everyone else can be left alone. But at least the losers I've just talked about at Oregon, Washington, wherever, where they're now being dragged across the country to play all these conference games, at least they're still in the bigger conferences with all the money. Because the next level down of losing are the athletes at Stanford and Cal and Oregon State and Washington State, and with all due respect to Washington State and Oregon State, their appeal to the other, the big groups is almost zero. And that is what it is. Stanford and Cal should have more appeal, but they don't. What those two schools do have is a remarkable history in producing non-football and non-basketball star athletes, Olympic athletes. In fact, The last time it was counted, Stanford led the world, basically, in producing Olympians. And before you shrug and roll your eyes, you care about those sports because you watch the Olympics. The Olympics, as Pat Forty said it over the weekend at SI.com, wrote about it, I should say, Olympic TV ratings are like a Michigan-Ohio State football game every night for 15, 16, 17 nights, not a Saturday in November. For two and a half weeks, You watch the Olympics like we watch those football games. So you care about these sports, and you care about these athletes. And Stanford, right now, shy of the Olympics, they they have some of the best programs in those sports 
currently and historically. And those programs rely on Pac-12 money, on Power 5 conference money coming in, which is why Stanford and Cal can't go running to the Mountain West, where it would make sense geographically to play those schools. And there is some decent competition in those in that conference for their bigger sports. But I think as a Mountain West member, you get $6 million a year from their media rights deal. It's 30 right now in the Pac-12. And it'd be 23 and up had they accepted this Apple deal. You can't give back 16, 17, $20 million of budget money and keep those sports going. So if Stanford and Cal in particular don't get almost like a sympathy invite to one of these big leagues, or we don't fast forward even more and really reset the whole thing, and they're included in that, whatever that looks like, they're in real trouble and in real danger of cutting the sports that are so good that actually do apply to the whole student-athlete moniker and amateurism. Like, if that stuff means something to you, That's where it really exists. It's not in football and basketball. It is in soccer. It is in gymnastics. And all those things are in jeopardy now because greedy TV execs and schools and conference commissioners want to max out football money. And I get that, but it doesn't mean we have to ignore the downside of all of this. And there's a lot of it. And there's a lot of people who are going to be hurt by this significantly. And maybe somewhere along the way there's a solution, but I I don't think so. But it's something that you're going to feel and you're going to notice if those sports down, those schools downsize, if they do away with teams altogether, it's going to be noticeable. The list of athletes, Olympians, that have come from those two schools in particular, Stanford and Cal, is like in over 500 combined. Huge names. Katie Ledecky, Alex Morgan. And all those teams are in jeopardy now because Stanford and Cal, because they're slightly just not good enough in football, are not draws in this. Because, again, they want to be student-athletes, but the student part of this doesn't matter because Stanford and Cal are top five schools when it comes to that. But that has literally no bearing on anyone's decision to go court them and bring them into their league. And they're just sitting there flapping in the breeze. And as of... You know, next summer, there are four teams in the Pac-12, whatever they're going to call it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Boy, I get why it's all happening, and we've expected it to happen all along, but it's just, and there's a lot of good in all this, too. I mean, new matchups we're going to see now. I'm, you can sign me up for some of these. Oregon, Michigan, Oregon, Ohio State. Those are going to be interesting football games. We'll get them regularly now. But, I mean, there's there's also a lot of crap involved in this, and, and weeding through it's tough sometimes. Yeah, I mean, when you're seeing it happen day by day, and you're like, oh, wow, okay. UCLA and USC last year, I guess, you know, the Pac-12 is just, now they're going to be, what, after USC and UCLA announced they're going to leave, they were back down to 10 teams? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, all right, maybe they go back to the Pac-10, and then Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, Oregon. Well, everybody's leaving. So it's the mass exodus. So in the moment, you think it's kind of crap and you you think it's, you know, a bunch of greedy TV execs and college presidents and chancellors. I, I honestly think this is going to be better for college football. I really do. This is It's messy. It's chaotic right now. You don't know who's leaving. You don't know who's playing in what conference. Like if I asked you to 
rattle off the Big 12 right now, it would probably be a little bit tough with everybody that's going there. You got four new schools this year. Right. Everybody that's going there next year. That's the hard part for me is when people are going to be there, when the when the expansion happens and the playoff, like all the timeline is what confuses me. Yeah, but think of, but and what I but what I go back to is think about how the Big 12 as we knew it 10 years ago versus, you know, before all these conference schools started leaving to come here in this new conference realignment chaos. We had like the first kind of conference realignment blip like 10 years ago, right? When West Virginia left, um, Nebraska used to be in the big 12. Now they're in the big 10. I right. forget how long ago that happened. It feels like it was like what, 10, 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, but anyway, uh, I, I don't, I can't get behind the whole, Oh, now you're ruining college rivalries because now the what's the rivalry in the Big Ten? Oregon versus Ohio State? Well, I mean, I, Oregon, I get, Oregon State and Washington, Washington State, those matter. I get that in terms of geographical proximity. They're close to one another, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't think college rivalries in the world of social media now, no rivalry is as great as it used to be. And I don't think that just because, hey, Oregon State's two hours from us in court. What is it, Corvallis? Yeah. Or, you know, some schools that are close together, UCLA and USC. I mean, they're still in the same conference, but, like, let's say they broke into different conferences now. Hey, they're 30 minutes away from us, so we hate them. I get that. I get the history behind the rivalries, but new rivalries will form. New rivalries will form. We will move on. And, you know, the the neighbor outside your uh, on your block that hangs an Oregon State flag while you hang an Oregon flag and you, you walk outside and you snarl at him because he went to Oregon State, like, you move on. It, I, I can't get behind the fact that college football and college athletics are ruined now because rivalries were such a big staple of it. Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't use the word ruined generally. But, I mean, those rivalries matter. And it's easy for us to say, like, as New Yorkers, never actually living them and not living the college football life to begin with. But, I mean, like, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, like, those are things. I don't feel it. I don't well, feel you the shouldn't. You shouldn't. But, like, we, we, when we've been in Boise, we've had, we've talked to people in that, that came from those areas to see us in Boise, and it's come up, and we're, there's people listening in that whole corner of the country. We're like, that's the thing. Like that's that's but the here, game, and now it's it, gone. Is it the is it the game just because they're close to one another, or is it the game because they've played it hundreds of times? So it's just it's tradition. Well, it's, is it tradition? It's, it's all that's, of them. I mean, yeah, that's that's how you get tradition. That's well, how you, make, you build you make, rivalries. We're making new traditions here, so yeah, it sucks. Mm. I guess right now for the in the moment for the next two three years, but in five six seven eight years from now, you'll have new rivalries. In twenty years. I can't imagine we're going to have conference realignment every three, four years for the next 20, 30 years. At some point, things are going to settle in. You know, <laughs> maybe it's when we get two major conferences with 25 teams and everybody else is on their own in independence. But you are going to get new traditions. You'll get new rivalries 20 years from now. Maybe Oregon-UCLA or Oregon-Michigan is, is going to be a gigantic rivalry. And, you know, we're talking about, oh, wow. You know, remember, remember when it was Oregon-Oregon State? Now, how about this rivalry? What's better, it's best for the competition. That's the thing that is that is coming out of this. That's the best thing for it. Because now you're getting several of the best teams all in one conference playing each other. And as they move to a 12-team college football playoff, yeah, maybe you still only think that four or five or six college football teams can actually win a national championship. But now that you're going to get several of the best teams in the country playing each other during the regular season, you know, Maybe if Alabama slips up like they did twice last year, 
you know, they are they're the eight seed or they're the nine seed, but that you still think that Alabama can win a national championship. So it gives you the, the, the sense that, okay, one loss doesn't ruin a team season now as they move towards a 12-team college football playoff, and you're going to have several blockbuster matchups throughout the year rather than some of these teams playing cupcake you know, Division I AA teams in Week 1 and Week uh, 11. Yeah, I mean, there's probably still going to get that just as like uh well, you probably get early. at least one, but yeah. hopefully you don't get two or three. But, I mean, it's just, you know, the Oregon-Oregon State game is called the Civil War, right? I mean, like that, it, like that's just hard. And Oregon said over the weekend when they announced they were leaving that they intend to play Oregon State in everything, including football. But I don't even know if that's going to be physically possible. However, things end up where Oregon State ends up and what the Big Ten schedule structure is going to be, what's left. And if football schedules are made ridiculously far forward, so I don't even know where the hole in Oregon's schedule is to put Oregon State football on there. Like, people are going to feel those things missing. I, I'm not going to sit here and dismiss the significance of college tradition. I've talked to too many people who care too much about that game more than the rest of the entire season. So, I, I, like, you can't just throw it away. And But that's what a lot of these decisions are actually doing, is throwing away these games that are not going to exist every year. They're not going to exist inside a conference. They're going to be a non-conference game. They might be at a different time of year. Like, those are, those are significant losses for people. Now, maybe this is because the Pac-12, <laughs> the Pac-12 uh, production value when those games are played is so terrible because they didn't care about them and didn't spend any money in them, you know, dolling up those games. Maybe it, that's why I didn't get any juice when I would watch Oregon, Oregon State on TV and like, eh, I don't really feel it. I don't really feel the big rivalry here. Uh, I mean, what do they even play for? Tell me what Oregon, Oregon State plays. Do they play for the platypus? The trophy? Uh, is it? One of them is the trophies are always weird. I mean, there's an axe in the Big Ten. There's a rose bush somewhere. But even like, you know, I, I'm a, I follow, I, when I was in school, I had to follow Page League football. Lehigh Lafayette is the most played rivalry in college football history. You wouldn't care about it, but they played at a Yankee Stadium when it was the 100th anniversary and people showed up and people give a you know what about it in that part of Pennsylvania because it's just tradition. And if something happened that one of those schools, left the Patriots and they didn't play it anymore, it would matter to people, and they'd they'd hate the side that was breaking it up. That's the I, stuff to I, me that... I'm not, that, I'm not saying rivalries mean, count for nothing. I'm just saying it's not like they're the end-all, be-all. I, and I no. think the only thing that people say they care about rivalries is because it's tradition. Rather, right. ra It's tradition and just because they're, they're next to you, rather than there actually being any kind of rivalry. I think rivalries are dying all across sports. I mean, look at baseball. Yankees-Red Sox means nothing anymore. And they've largely been competitive, even though they haven't been in a World Series, either team, in a couple of years. The Red Sox, what, won their last World Series 2016? Yeah, I still think, The rivalry's though, been dead. The look rivalry's at dead you, because the Red Sox UNC, haven't been good. Does UNC Duke feel like a huge rivalry to you anymore? In college basketball? Yeah. Yeah. Not to me. Yeah, and I think the Iron Bowl still matters. I think, like, think all those things matter. I don't think they matter. At least, I don't know. Maybe I don't, just don't feel things anymore. Maybe I'm losing just emotions. Numb. Rivalries change for me. So I think like over the last couple of years, like you said the Yankees don't play the Red Sox. I feel like the Yankees-Blue Jays is more of a rivalry now than the Red Sox. Yeah, and I think also it's just it's not the best comparison pro to college because the, the, the dynamic is different. I mean, you know, they're playing 14 times. used to be 19 times a year. It's hard to get geeked up for every single one of those Matches, but you've had Yankees, Red Sox, and the ALCS sometime soon. We're right back in the hate. We're right back in bloody socks and Bucky Dent and all that kind of stuff. 
I don't know. Even the even the the Coach K the Final Four game between Duke and UNC was overshadowed by Coach K's retirement. Yeah, but that took the arguably the greatest coach of all time retiring to change the dynamic a little bit of that game. If they, if he was still coaching and it was still Duke North Carolina for the first time ever in the Final Four, that's hot. Sign me up for that. That's hot. Yeah. I mean, I saw Duke North Carolina play in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, and that place was was on fire. And that game meant almost nothing because it was an attorney, and they were both getting in, and that game had a lot of heat in it. Yeah, I think you're I think we're missing this one. It's I think it's hard for us to understand it because we don't we don't have one. We don't when you when you grow up in New York and New Jersey, you don't have a rivalry in college sports to really connect to. And it just changes the your entire view of the situation. I don't think we can comprehend because we don't have our own how significant those those games are because it, it is it because the things that you do dismiss it as why it's important because it actually is your neighbor. It's the guy next door and sometimes the schools too are like there's a dynamic where, hey, I'm better than you because I got into this school. You couldn't get in. You went to the other school, and now we're gonna. And but then the little guy, the from the you know, the worst school academically, maybe they're the ones that win the basketball game or the football game, and that's where you get your revenge. Those things you can't duplicate with now, on at face value, a good Oregon Michigan football game. But Michigan can't ever be Oregon State to Oregon. That's just impossible. Well, now Oregon can hate Washington even more than they do now because (laughs) now they're going to be the closest neighbors in the Big Ten and they're states that neighbor each other. So there you go. There's a new rivalry. And Oregon destroyed Oregon State basically every year out of the the last two out of three, I think, Oregon State won. But before that, it was like eight straight years. So how much of a rivalry is it if they kick your ass every single year? Uh, Carson Wentz, by the way, a walking rivalry. He worked out over the weekend, took a picture of it, and he's wearing three different teams' gear. We'll do that next. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. DA, those days we, we rode the buses, stayed in the hotels. Outside of the not having the groupies and the fame and the money, it was like being on the team, DA. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back on this Monday morning, halfway through hour number two of four. Andrew Bogish, Pat Boyle, Pete Bellotti, Ryan Botcher, intern Brooke, all with you here until 10 a.m. Eastern. Thanks, as always, for listening. Whether it's on a CBS Sports Radio Odyssey affiliate, on our app, on SiriusXM, maybe you're watching, watchda.com, YouTube, and Twitch. We appreciate you being part of the show. Phone lines are open at 855-212-4CBS, 4227. You can also tweet us at CBS Sports Radio at Andrew Bogish. Our poll question of the day is up. Our good friend Jody Mack trod and seemed to fail to say the last name of the Packers GM over the weekend. More significantly, said it rapid fire, never once being 100% correct in about six seconds. So that led to this question What should the official, at least from where we sit, the official nickname B for Ryan Gudekinst. Is it Gunty, my man? It's plain old BG or Ryan Botcher? That last one's from Pete. He giggles again, and that's all we care about. Great. I've said it more than once. I know a lot of you are listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. But when I'm sitting here, if Pete's having a good time... That's all I care about. That might be too specific of an audience because Pete's got some odd things that make him laugh and smile. And I know the exact buttons to push. But as long as I see that smile and face, I'm good. Well, thank you very much. 
my own, my one concern is making you happy. Because I can't control what happens to you after 10 a.m. Right. Scheduling issues, garbage cans through front windshields, the other job no one told you to take, all those things. Oh, stop with that. <laughs> all those things come attacking you. This is a safe space for you right now until 10. Yes, it is. It is. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, we got some tweets during the break uh, with a lot of people chiming in on the important rivalries that are in their life. Uh, Skipper Tim, the Civil War is one of the oldest in the nation for rivalries. It's huge for us. Oregon, Oregon State, 45 minutes apart. Families divided here. It's like if the Yankees and Red Sox never played again. Give me a break. Families divided. Yeah. Families divided? Yeah. What a joke. That's pretty pathetic. Thank you, Pete. I mean, Thank you. You're my, telling me you can't get along with somebody in your family. No, no, no. Because I, they went to Oregon State and you went to Oregon? I, I don't think... Maybe the, it's because Aunt Joni is a bitch, and maybe that's why you can't get along with her. <laughs> I don't think the problem is 365 days a year. I think he means when the game comes around... No one's family anymore. Well, yeah. It's ducks versus beavers. I'm assuming they still have Thanksgiving dinner together. And Joni be damned. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, Oregon State scored. Okay. That's good for you guys. No. That's maybe. Maybe I'm underestimating other people's fandom just in general. When you root for your team. And if you're playing the team that you don't like, your rival, your un, your never-ending rival will never be able to live without the Civil War playing for the Platypus Trophy anymore. That that when Aunt Joni comes over and she's an Oregon State fan, you're not going to be ang- you're not going to you know put your game face on. Like I'm, I'm assuming Skipper Tim will go to Aunt Joni's funeral when the good Lord takes her from us, and maybe he'll put an Oregon sticker on her tombstone, as he should. Leave a little stuffed duck mascot in there. One last parting shot. I'm <laughs> really angry on that. One. Yeah. But he's not going to put a Wolverine trinket in there to get Aunt Joni one more time now. If they play, if she's, she survives another twenty years and they have some pretty classic games, then yes, that'll be a that'll be a good rivalry. <laughs> good games, classic games, and two teams. Yeah, but that that where the rivalry isn't dominated by one team for a ten-year, fifteen-year fixture, you get two teams that are perennial. Ranked contenders, that creates a rivalry just as quick as being 45 minutes away. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's, that one's not true. It would take years for any of these new tandems to match what exists right now between some of these neighbors. And it's always going to be different. Yes, success makes rivalries. It takes postseason matchups or whatever, like for that stuff. But like the natural geographical rivals, those just happen, and those those are the ones that can happen quickly because that's the built-in stuff. Otherwise, you need to build in the animosity. I need to hate you because you keep beating us, or because you keep winning the whole damn thing. But even Yankees Red Sox that you mentioned existed as a rivalry for the longest time, even though the Yankees kept winning everything. Because they just keep they kept going ahead, but it took but it years only and it years only and drummed years. back up when Boston got good again, and they finally overtook them and the, you know coming three zero down in the ALCS. Yes, those were those two years where the Yankees beat them, and then Boston came from three zero down to beat them in seven. Those two years where they were both the best teams in the American League, 
That's when the rivalry was at its best. That's when you had the Veritac and the A-Rod. You had Pedro Martinez throwing down 85-year-old Don Zimmer nearly killing him. That's when the rivalry was the best because they were both great. That was the rivalry when it was best for us. But there were some good games before we were alive in that head-to-head. I don't remember them. I know. I know. The ACC I got it. Sorry, folks, real quick. Okay. I, got some, I got some new rivalries for you here. When Nebraska joined the Big Ten in 2011, I would say just off of my surface knowledge of, you know, rivalries and now college football, new ones, Wisconsin-Nebraska has become a pretty decent rivalry. Has it? Nebraska's terrible. What fight are they putting up in football? Well, there you go. This ranking list that I'm looking at, plus what I, you know, remember from my own general knowledge, I'd say Wisconsin-Nebraska is a pretty decent. How about Texas A&MLSU? What about it? That's a pretty, that's become a pretty good rivalry. Fest. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> the fight of being not terrible. <laughs> I mean, in college football, there are, the rivalries are so strong that winning your rivalry game can save your job as a head coach. Well, Texas A&M, LSU, I feel like just over the last couple of years, Johnny Manziel's Aggies and how LSU's been basically a national title contender for you know most of the years out of the last 10 years, that game usually decides who's going to be winning the SEC West. It's been a long time since Johnny Manziel played at A&M. Oh, yeah, six, seven years ago? That's been a long time. Well, and when did when did A&M, A&M, when did A&M join the SEC? Not but that long ago? A&M's all we do is making jokes about Jimbo Fisher. Come on. That ain't a rivalry. That ain't about, a regular Here's State. another one for you. Baylor TCU. That's become a TCU joined the Big 12 not even 10 years ago. I feel like that's a pretty big game whenever they play each other now. <laughs> That's one where I see that on the schedule. I get I get jacked up for that. Louisville, Clemson, another one. Come on, Bogues. Oh, when you is that some, game? You give something. Sign me up. Yeah. You give. Shut up. You give something <laughs> ten years, and it can become a rivalry. I'm sick of this. Uh, how about Mets? Families divided. I'm going to give you a hundred years, and I'm never going to care about Louisville, Clemson. <laughs> we should call this because uh, Coach Ryan Weiss just tweeted in, Boyle makes Moraz look like he graduated from Harvard. Oh, come on. <laughs> Big Lair says, hey, if you guys come to Boise again, please bring Pete, leave Boyle. And I love him, but the college football take is garbage. They're right about that, though. But th- you should go? I should go. <laughs> <laughs> I want a potato. I Lots can't, of them. What a development that's going to be when the new Sean goes on the first trip and me and Pete don't. Look out. Oh, yeah. You better bring, bring back some goodies for us. <laughs> I went right for up until this day, I have told you that you shouldn't be upset that you don't go on these trips. But when the new guy goes and we don't look out. Look out. British Bulldogs, you and I. You pick your tag team, we'll be that. That's right. We could be, you know, the Bulldogs, they have a lot of agility. We have none. So no, they you can't be the Bulldogs. I'm a fairly agile guy, guy Pete. Could be demolition. Yes. Yes. Okay. A- Axe and smash. Okay. Good. So it will be demolition. Although we don't need a bulldog for that one, huh? No. What would our What's our props in that in that? Uh, uh a biker gear. Mm, not my best. Okay. Uh, well, I, I can't think, think of the guy that Jim uh, Laurinaitis. Why can't I think of the Road Warriors? The Road Warriors. Did they have the spiked football pads? Yes. I want to be them. Okay, we'll be the Road Warriors. Thank you. <laughs> and I can be whichever warrior you want me to be. You can pick your warrior. I'll be Hawk because he's the lunatic, and then you'll be Animal. Okay. That's good. All right. It's done. <laughs> while we uh, while we get potatoes. Yeah, while we finalize that plan, here are your headlines. Here's Boyle. All right, gentlemen and ladies, Brooke, Amanda, out in the newsroom. Sunday night baseball last night. Dodgers crushed the Padres 8-2. to two. They jumped on 56-year-old Rich... Uh, Excuse me, check that. Rich Hill's only 43. 
Uh, but what? he was. <laughs> he seems like he's sixty. So the video. And Joni getting you all mixed up there. <laughs> They've got the uh, the ump camp for Sunday night baseball, and they shared the video of that Freddie Freeman home run that you played. Yes. And the ball comes in. I'm like. That seemed really slow. Yeah. I think I could have hit that. And I'm like, oh, Rich Hill threw it. That makes sense. It's his, like a 52-mile-an-hour curveball. Well, yeah, his curveball is, what, 71 miles an hour? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's why you hit that far. Um, he is only 43, but he was making his Padres debut oh, if they acquired him from— my the- age, and you're making all these old jokes. Okay. You're fired. Yeah, old for Major League Baseball, Bogues. That's fair. He was making his Padres debut. They acquired him from the uh, Pirates earlier in the week. San Diego just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, That did not stick last night. He went three innings, giving up six runs. Served up home runs to Freddie Freeman and new Dodger Ahmed Rosario, who's been red hot. Mookie Betts also hit his 30th home run of the year. Padres are still three games back of the final NL wildcard spot because the Reds lost again, swept at home by the Nationals. The Reds have come out of the trade deadline. And lost six in a row. They were one of four teams to do so. Wasn't it, uh, a one is not a surprise. Pete and Bogus, your Mets, they were swept by the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was this weekend. The other two kind of are. D-backs are choking the last few weeks, and they took another punch to the gut yesterday. The 0-1 to Walner, swinging a fly ball, right center field, deep. Back it goes at the track, at the wall. That ball is gone, a home run! Matt Walner with a walk-off home run to right center field. Twins radio, Matt Walner's walk-off home run finishes off a sweep for the Twinkies. 5-3 the final yesterday. And then the other team, the Angels, who went all in to buy for Shohei Otani. Lost six in a row, a four-game sweep at home at the hands of the Mariners. Losing yesterday 3-2 in 10 innings. Eugenio Suarez, the go-ahead RBI single in extras. Uh, we'll revisit the Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson fight next hour for you know those who perhaps live under a rock. But really quickly, some baseball news related to the White Sox. Uh, we briefly touched on this last hour. Keenan Middleton, new Yankees reliever who came over from the White Sox in the deadline. Those two teams are about to play each other. So he fittingly decided to blowtorch the organization, saying it is a no-rules culture, that a rookie regularly fell asleep in the bullpen, players missed meetings, pitchers did not participate in PFPs, and no consequences. So for everybody who rips the Yankees' shave and you know uniform-looking mm. soldier culture... 
Middleton said he was excited to shave his face and have rules because he just wants to win games. And then what happened with the Red Sox yesterday? Did Alex Verdugo show up late or something like that? Yes, he was benched for showing up late, and then he was back in the lineup yesterday. Okay, good times. I believe so. I believe that was the skinny on that. I don't think there was really too much hullabaloo about that. And Alex Cora said we took a step back as a team today. That's what he said post game with the Verdugo thing. Yeah, didn't I say believe. why he was out of the got, lineup. They got rocked yesterday. Thirteen one. Yeah, good times. Good times for them. Uh, WNBA last hour mentioned Liberty destroying the Aces 99-61. Other scores, Dream beat the Fever 82-73. A Neka Agwumake 20-point double-double pushed the Sparks past the Mystics 91-83. And Marina Mabry with 32 points to lift the sky past the Wings 104-96. Women's World Cup right now, 55th minute. Co-hosts Australia lead Denmark 1-0 at the half. Earlier this morning, England survived an 87th-minute red card, held their nerves to beat Nigeria in penalties 4-2 after a goalless game. That's it. Thanks, Boyle. Stun to a News is next hour with Patty B. Uh, when we come back, let's get to that Carson Wentz story next. Uh, mention it going into our last break, then why would we have actually paid off the tease? We'll do that next. Carson Wentz in three different uniforms on a football field yesterday. Next on the DA Show. Where death by salsa is the least of your concerns. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Patty B's taking some heat. DA Show Quotes has created his or her own poll question of the day. Boyle's best college rivalry is Nebraska-Wisconsin, A&M-LSU, Baylor-TCU, or none of the above. Uh, He has gotten some support, though. Anthony Gallo, who normally is a smart, level-headed, mature individual, has come to your defense, also ripping Anjoni this morning. So at least you've got a partner in your Anjoni takedown for no reason. Look, Uh, I I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Rivalries come and go, and just because you play a team every single year for the last 67 years doesn't make it a rivalry. It makes a tradition. 100 years, sure, makes a tradition. It's the same thing. I wake up and brush my teeth every day. Do I have a rivalry with my toothbrush? No, you have a rivalry with gingivitis and, and, cavity, and cavities. True, I don't want them. <laughs> but if the, you know, maybe if I didn't brush my teeth every day, I would start to have some cavities. Then I would have a rivalry. But since I dominate them and I don't have cavities, it's not a rivalry. It's just tradition. I brush my teeth every morning. I'm so, I'm so sick. Oh, college rivalries are going to be ruined. How will I ever? You'll move on. You'll move defense. on with your life. <laughs> you have a rivalry with your toothbrush? That's the, that's, that's, that's the follow-up that's the first to, thing that came I to can't my wait head, from man. Louisville Clemson. It's the first thing that came to my head. It's not a rivalry if it's just tradition. And think about the new rivalries. I, I just gave three basically off the top of my head that I looked at some stupid uh, ranking on some God-forbidden website. But there are some other ones in recent years that you wouldn't, like, in the last 10 years, like, yeah, yeah, okay. A little bit of juice. Texas, Texas Tech, there's another one. Now, Texas is going to the SEC, so that was short-lived. So that's off the list. that's a terrible list you're looking at uh let's put Carson Wentz quickly in our crosshairs poor Carson's looking for a job and um I'm not sure he's going to get one because obviously Carson on the field is no longer what he once was as an eagle flirting with an MVP before that knee injury uh there's also more and more whispers and rumors that Carson can be tough to take in the clubhouse that he's a little kind of or in the locker room I should say that he's kind of one of those um, either love him or hate him kind of guys. He's a lot to handle, or he's the kind of guy you want leading you. 
So, and he wants to be a starter still, which is almost definitely not in the card. So there's, it makes sense why Carson Wentz is working out on his own right now and not in an NFL training camp. But I guess a quick little, you know, quick sympathetic hug for Carson because a picture circulated yesterday of him working out on his own. And he is wearing, because why wouldn't he be? He's wearing an Eagles helmet, a commander's practice jersey, and Colts shorts. So he's got all three of his teams. And at one point, I think all three of them were paying him not to play for them. He's wearing all of their gear and throwing passes to non-NFL receivers on a field somewhere, hoping that somebody picks up the phone because their fourth-string QB just blew out his shoulder or his knee, and they need Carson Wentz's help. I mean, it's about as sad as it gets. Not undeserved, but I mean, when you've got basically your entire closet on your body while you're working out, hoping, and that's what you're showing the NFL world is your three different pieces of like team memorabilia that you're wearing on the practice field, it's a tough weekend to be Carson Wentz, except when he goes and looks at his bank account. And then things are fine. Because again, a lot of teams paid him a lot of money to end up not being their quarterback. And here he is now. And I'll remind you, our good friend Ross Tucker has told this story. NFL teams are strangely chintzy when it comes to their their equipment. Like, they don't let you take your helmet. you got to buy things like that. You yeah. can't take your jersey. Like, they're oddly cheap. You'd think those would be your things when you're done. How did he get away with it? I don't know. I mean, maybe the Colts are nicer. But Ross, I asked Ross about this on the show because he had told me the story one time off the air. When he when he left the Cowboys, he wanted his helmet. And the Cowboys charged him. They took it out of his last paycheck. Whatever money they they still owed him when he left, there was a deduction for his cowboy helmet. He can't reuse a helmet. It's fit for particular guys. It doesn't go back in the closet and get like cleaned and given to the next offensive lineman, but they made him pay for it. So I'm impressed that he has a Colts helmet or an Eagles helmet to have. But I mean, dude, you can't go on, have pictures circulating of you wearing all your old NFL gear. It's already a sad situation. I don't need this visual now of Carson Wentz. But again, he's fine. I think he made over $150 million in the NFL. And I'm hoping he was a better saver slash investor than QB. That he's fine these days monetarily. Hopefully he didn't get on board with Tom Brady's FTX. We'll stay in the NFL. Brad uh, Joni. How good actually is <laughs> Jordan Love? And more heat for Aunt Joni. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 